Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let, Let me tell you about my Jesus.
the Lord. He can change your life. Amen. Those are not empty words. Those are real words. You know how I know? He changed my life. I'm not what I used to be. Thank the Lord. I used to be a rank sinner. Used to be uh, part of the scum of this earth. But thank the Lord, I'm not anymore. Jesus saved me. Yes, He has. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me here this morning to uh, over to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16. And um, we're going to start in verse 4. Those of you that can, would you stand with me as we read our text here this morning? And um, Ezekiel 16, and if you would stand with us, we'd appreciate it. And as for thy nativity, in the day that thou wast born, thy navel was not cut. Neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitied thee to do any of these things, to have compassion upon thee, but thou wast cast out, in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, I said unto thee when thou wast polluted in thy blood, live, live. Yea, I said unto thee when thou wast in thy blood, Live! Hallelujah. Let's uh, bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we do thank You that, Lord, You knew and You know when we were knitted in our mother's womb. You know when we were formed from the very beginning. And we thank You, Lord, that when You walked by us, You said live. Lord, here this morning, I ask, Lord, and pray that You would anoint these feeble lips of clay to bring forth Thy Word and to help us to recognize who we are, where we are, what we are, but Lord, more so than that, to recognize who You are and what You are here about. And that, Lord, that You came to seek and to save that which was lost. Come by and anoint us and help us, we pray, this morning in your blessed and holy and righteous and wonderful name, that name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. These scriptures are talking about the nation of Israel. But we're living in a day and a time when really it can be applied to us human beings individually. One of the things that uh, the Lord was speaking to uh, Israel through 
Ezekiel was he said, uh, thy nativity was in the land of Cana. In other words, you were in a land that was far from God. You were in a sinner's land. You were in a land that was rough, that uh, uh, really was just like a wild, wild west or even worse than that. You were in the low parts of, of the country. And it said that your father was an Amorite and thy mother was a Hittite. In other words, you're half of something. Huh? And through the scriptures, the Amorite and the Hittites, they were not well thought of. They were enemies of God. They were away from God. And so it talks, it says, when you were born, in the day that you were born, your navel was not cut. How many youngins in here has a belly button? You got a belly button right here? Huh? That's your navel. Okay? And it said, when you were born, talking about this person in here, it said, in the day that you were born, your navel was not cut. There's a lifeline that goes to your mother when you're in your mother's womb, when you're being formed and God is putting you all together there. It was there and said that whenever you were born, it was not cut. By the way, that's a, that's a very gross image to think of. All of that birth that comes out of there. It's a, it's, birth is a wonderful thing. I've never, I've only experienced it by being born. I haven't had the, I'm not able to be like some of you mothers that have given birth to children. But um, it's not always a pretty situation. And so this child was born and after it was born, it wasn't even washed. Huh? And so it had all kind of mucus and all kind of stuff around it. You say, Brother Jeff, that's gross. That's exactly what I'm trying to paint in your mind. I'm trying to paint that picture in your mind. It wasn't washed. It wasn't salted. Back in the olden days, they would salt the babies down to help kill any kind of impurities that might be on them and not only that they didn't even put a diaper on the child nor did they wrap it in something to keep it warm no history tells us that in these situations many times not in the children of Israel but in all most of the other lands the child will be brought to the father and the father would look at that child and if the father kind of shook his head no or looked the other direction or, or didn't acknowledge it at all or not even look upon it, they would take that child out into a field yes. and drop it in the ground and just leave it there to die. That's what happened to this baby right here. This is what happened here. And it said that uh, no one pitied it. 
Nobody felt compassion for it. Uh, uh, but it was just cast out into an open field to the loathing of a person. In other words, when the baby was born, it was like, oh, that's just a bunch of trash. Garbage. And this particular field, young, wasn't even put all the way out in the field. It was close to a road. And I don't know just how it was, but it was in the muck and the mire. And it, it talks in verse 6, like a traveler was passing by. He passed by and saw this child. I don't know if it was struggling much or if it was just all covered up in mud down in the, the mud. Saw that little child there. And when it saw that, saw that child, he saw it polluted in all of its blood. And he saw when it was all in its blood, he said a special word to it. Live. 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 Oh, I don't know about you. Who in here would like to live? Huh? I like to live. I want to be alive. And I see so many stories in this right here. It is a marvelous story. It is an important story because really and truly there are so many people in America today that could fit this child even though they might not have been thrown off onto the side, but they're unwanted. Their parents didn't want them. Their dad doesn't want them. Their mama doesn't want them. Their grandparents don't hardly want them. They are just thrown off to the side to be raised however they raise themselves. Huh? It's, 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 I'll be honest with you, we get, we're now into that generation of those who have raised themselves. Uh, quite a bit of, of people like that right now. I know of some that are in this audience right now that have been in this situation. Huh? They weren't wanted. And so, this, this horrible thing that happened to this, this child, did that child have a choice in it? No. 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 Did it have a choice to who its mother or father was? No. More than likely, the reason the child was thrown away was one or two things. A lot of times, the, uh, the girl babies were thrown out because the father wanted a son. Okay? And if the little girl was constantly thrown out, when the boy finally was born around, it'd be called his firstborn. Or the father didn't think that he was the father, that maybe some other man was the father. Come on. And so they did this. Get rid of them. Get rid of the child. I don't want nothing of it. And we're living in a generation now where there's a lot of people that don't feel like they're wanted or they're cared for. Huh? You know, I'm preaching to you from this, and I've learned a lot over my last 40 some odd years. I learned about, I, 
When I growing up, I never knew about these type people. I didn't understand. I was raised, my father was old when I was born. Well, he wasn't terribly old, but he was, I think he was turning 30 when I was born. Huh? Yeah. You're not having no more children, are you? <laughs> anyway, maybe it was 40. Yeah, it would have been. I'm sorry, he was 40. Almost 40. And so he was born in 23 and I was born in 62. Yeah, 40. Yeah, so he, he was uh, 39. Pictures I've seen of him was bald. Huh? My father was bald. But that's the thing about it. I had a mom and a dad. I was in that home all my life. My parents, they fought, but I had a home. Yeah. I don't remember ever a day going by I didn't have a meal, Brother Jackie. Yeah. But when I got older and I began to meet other people and it all honesty, my, my wife was one. She wasn't, she wasn't thrown away, but in her later years, she wasn't tended to like you would tend to your teenage daughter. Huh? Not knowing if you always had food in the cabinet. And if you did get to eat and your father would feed you, you you'd have to go to the grocery store because they didn't keep no food in the cabinets. Huh? And then I began to learn about more. I learned about others. And my heart just breaks because we're in a generation of that right now. I want to tell you something. You know, some in here may think, well, that's just a, that's just a, a racial type thing. It's just for one particular group. Uh-uh. It's all across society. The one common denominator is poverty. Poverty. So, this child was helpless, was not wanted, and this traveler came by. You know, it could have been another poor traveler, but it wasn't a poor traveler. It was a king. And the king came by, and he saw this girl in, in the mud, and he picked her up, and he washed, got her washed up, okay? And uh, he was honorable to that child. He adopted that child as his own. Woo! You ever wanted to have a millionaire adopt you, huh? Would you like a millionaire to adopt you? Yes. No? Right there. Would you want somebody really rich to adopt you? No. Okay. What about you? Yeah. Uh, huh? But here's the thing. He adopted her, took her in, washed her up, gave her wonderful clothing, the high-quality cotton and silk, huh? And put gold uh, jewelry on her, and she grew up. And so you have to remember now, that girl wasn't really his. He found her. She grew up under her, his care and in time became a beautiful young lady. Huh? 
of marriageable age. And so they had fallen in love first, that type love, but later on, it, nothing wrong with it. I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay? It's un we wouldn't hear of it in this generation, but it's not uncommon. Okay? But then he marries her. And then there's even more riches and more stuff given to her. Folks, I want to tell you something. This is a lot like our lives. Sometimes even being raised in a family, you can be raised in a good family and still not feel wanted. You can feel like you're neglected, but you probably aren't when you get to comparing yourself. But we're not supposed to compare ourselves among ourselves. Okay? But there are times when we feel the need to be needed and to be loved and to be cared for. Huh? When I was a little boy, you know, I didn't like it when Mama would put me in a big hug and give me a kiss. It is kind of, right. He's 12 years old. Right? Yep, I told you. But sometimes around 12, you really get to where you don't want that. My uncle, of course back then, uncles and aunts would give you a kiss on the cheek. He'd give a kiss on my cheek and it'd be so wet, it's just like, ugh, yeah. Huh? But I want to tell you something. When I got to turning around 17 years old, I got to wanting a hug from my mom and my dad. Okay? Things begin to turn around and you appreciate the affection that you get. But you see, all of us are that child. Because all of us were born in sin and sin will destroy us. It will pollute our lives. It will make us dirty and unclean. Unwanted. It will hurt us. Okay? But the Lord's coming by. And He's coming by this morning. You may not realize it, but Jesus is in the house. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in My name, there am I in the midst of them. Do I have two or three gathered in Jesus' name? Oh yeah! He's here. And so He is wanting to help us. He is wanting to save us. He is wanting to pull, pick us up out of that mud of sin, of strife, of hatred, of all those things in this world to pick us up and to wash us and to make us clean and to put on the robe of, uh, of salvation. Amen. That robe of righteousness. And to not only do that, but to change us. Change us. Jesus is that one that walked by there and saw that child polluted in her own blood and said, live. 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 Don't die. What does it mean to live? It means to have breath. One definition of the word live means to be able to see. 
Huh? To be revived. To be able to walk around. To be animated. You know what animated is? We, we associate it with cartoons. But you are, and I are animated. That's the difference between you and a little robot doll. Huh? Robot doll. I can say all the words and go around and have facial motions, but they're not animated. There's not life in those eyes. To live. To live. And so, this child was raised up. And, uh, Raised up to be able to live. Over in John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come, Jesus here, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Have a full life, a good life. Can I tell you something? I thank the Lord I got saved at an early age. I thought I had everything going for me. Huh? Looks. Brilliance. No. But still, I thought I was something. But I thank the Lord that He came by and saved me and showed me that I was nothing. Nothing. Anything that's good about me right now has to do all with Jesus living in my heart and my life. Amen. And so, the Lord's coming by for you today. And you. Each one of us. He's coming for you. And the question is, will you have Him? Will you take Him? I need to hurry because I need to tell you the sad part of this story. The sad part of this story. There is a sad part of this story. This child who was found on the side of the road, who was raised up like a queen, eventually became the queen, had everything that they ever would want it, began to be bored in their life. You ever been bored? Huh? You ever been unsettled? You ever kind of wanted to do something different? Something more exciting? Can I tell you, they'll get a place in your life that you'll like being bored. Boring. Quiet. Huh? Being able to rest. Not now, but later on in life you will. Okay? But she got bored. So she got to looking around. Obviously, according to the story, her husband was older than she was. Maybe he got to where he didn't have no hair. Huh? Maybe he was a little crack, you know, face looking a little old, huh? Nose and ears keep growing, don't they, Brother Jackie? Amen. Hmm. Huh? Getting old. And so her eyes get to wandering. And then she begins to find excitement in other men other than her husband. And she begins to cheat with him. And she backslides, leaves everything. 
she had to go be with these ungodly men and to do those ungodly things. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Huh? I'm glad some of you don't. But some of you do. To go off with somebody who is not your husband or your wife. To, um, to get in trouble. To party. To have fun, supposedly. But the thing about it is it all ends up costing you. A little part of your soul dies. Your innocence, your purity dies. And you begin to become very um, cynical about life. You don't think life will ever be really good. There's no way you can have a good life unless you have, and you got a little list here, you know. And you start taking your eyes off your husband, Jesus, and looking toward others. And that's what happened with this bride. She went away from God. Sometimes when you got it good, you don't realize how good you got it until you lose it. But I want to tell you something. God, Jesus, still loved her. Huh? You ever had someone cheat on you? Everybody, anyone ever had a close friendship and they betray your friendship and do something against you? You ever had a, you know, I, I'm sorry, I had several affections for other girls before my wife came along. Huh? I thought I loved them. It was what they call puppy love. Huh? But it still hurt. But when I found my wife, I found my true love. But you know, it hurts. It hurts. And I know of some that said, I'll never, I'll never see them again. I'll never talk to them again. I'll never be married to them again. I'll never... All these type things, huh? Because of how bad they treated them. But Jesus, He loved us. While we were yet sinners... Jesus died for us. Jesus saw you 2,000 years ago. Did you know that? Yeah, you, JJ. He looked down through the portals of time. You, JJ, or you? That's right, I thought so. Way he looked up, I thought maybe he was. He saw you 2,000 years ago, and he saw you when you were sinning, and you know what he did? He still said, I'll die for him. 2,000 years ago. And for you too. Got it going now. Die for you. For you. For you. It's died for you. Died for me. At the end of the chapter, this chapter 16, if you get time to read it, It'll bless your heart. But even though she does all these wicked things, gives, her ch gives the children of the king and her 
unto idols to be burned. Isn't that awful? And, and does all those horrible things, but yet at the end, He loves her. And He says, I will remember My covenant with you. I will remember and I will come. Amen. And I'll call you back. Folks, I want to tell you something. You may have a tendency to live for God and not live for God. Live for God and not live for God. You are taking a risk of your soul because it could happen that when you're not living for God will be the day that God calls your number. Amen. Uh, To explain it to some of you in here, uh, if you work for certain people, my wife used to work for the bus garage, and they'd come over the radio and said, bus so-and-so, your number has been called. They didn't say anymore, but what that meant was you had to go to a special place and had to have a special test. You were picked at random. But instead of being picked at random, God knows your day that you're to die. Okay? And we do not know the hour, nor the minute, nor the day. There are some times when men or women are close, they can tell it's close. But by and large, the Lord is the one that knows. And if you are off and away from God when He calls you, there's no hope. There's no hope. Let me tell you something. There's this real cheap salvation that's being passed around out there. Shake my hand. Let me put you on this list and you'll be saved for the rest of your life. It don't work that way. You have to live for the Lord and you have to love Him with all your heart and all your soul. And why shouldn't we? Look what He's done for us. He picked us up out of the miry clay. He washed us. He's clothed us. Amen. In King's clothes. Why wouldn't we love Him? Huh? And so, you need to make your days count for the Lord while you have breath. Teresa, come get us a song. I want to tell you a story. I've told the story several times. Um, I cannot remember his name right offhand, but he's a pastor of a church up in Ohio. And uh, he, he was uh, late at night one night. He was following a car. And they went around to turn, and when he looked up, he noticed the taillights were gone. And so he got to looking around in the woods near that turn, and he found that car. It had run off the road, hit a tree, and turned over. And so uh, when this pastor got to the car, the young man in there, he was a young, young man, blood was running out of his nose and out of his ears. That's very serious. And the, the young, young man was saying to the pastor, don't tell my mama. Don't tell my mama. And the pastor was saying to him, look, don't worry about your mama right now. Do you know Jesus? You're going to need to know Him because you're going to meet Him very soon. 
You know what the young man kept saying? Don't tell my mama. Don't tell my mama. We cannot get caught unawares. Amen. You might say, well, when I get close to death or I realize I'm about to die, then I'll, I'll pray and ask God to save me. You'll probably not know when that happens. You'll probably not be uh, conscious really to the effect that you have your right mind about it. So now, while you have your right mind, and you can say, Jesus, I love You, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Save me, Lord. Make me Yours. Jesus will do that. And guess what? You don't have to be bald, gray-haired person to get saved. You don't have to be, uh, well, they're not middle-aged yet. They're in their 20s probably, huh? Right? Young 20s? or Still pretty young. Teens. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Sorry about that. You don't have to be in your teens to have enough conscience and, and heart to give it to the Lord. But as a little child, JJ, as a little child, right where you're at, you could give your heart and life to Jesus. And it's not just for you. It'll help all of those who are around you. Your parents, your friends, your neighbors. The only hope we have for our country is you, JJ, and y'all. Just y'all. Y'all. Government can only do so much, folks. The church and the pastor can only do so much. But mom and dad or family, whatever it may be right now, that's where the difference is going to be made. And so, make a choice. Choose Jesus. And choose life. Let's stand all across the house here this morning. Jesus when He was on the cross, He saw all of our lives. He saw what we were doing. He saw how we were living. And He's extending a hand out right now. Come unto Me. All ye who labor and are heavy laden. In other words, you've been working hard just for the next meal. Huh? You're tired. He said, come unto me and I will receive you in. You can be a saint. You can be a saint. Heads bowed and eyes closed, mouths shut.
Who in here would lift your hand and say, Brother Jeff, I'd like for you to pray for me. I'd like to be a Christian. Here's one. One. Any more? I'd like to be a Christian. There's two by coercion. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? There's three. Four. Hallelujah. Any others? I got you. Okay. We're going to ask everyone to come and gather around this altar to pray. You might say, I, I don't feel so comfortable. The altar is a place where we lay our lives down before Jesus. And we say, Lord, take me. Come into my heart and my life. Live for me. Help me to live right. Help me to please you, Lord. Help me to make heaven my home. Change my thoughts. Change my speech. And help me. Help me to live for you. I want to tell you what will happen. He'll do it. He will do it. He will. So, while they're playing, my wife's singing. Everyone that will come, come to this altar. Lay your heart down toward Jesus. You're not joining a church. We just want you to join the family of God. Come on. Come on.
You'll be surprised if you'll just start praying by asking the Lord to help you. He'll come right back around. Come right back around. If you mess up, ask the Lord to forgive you and to save you. I'm sorry, to forgive you of your sins right then and there. Don't wait for it. Do it right then, real quick. Amen. All right. Been a good service. Any, any word before we dismiss here this morning? Oh, yeah. We need to sing happy birthday to somebody. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Sister Linda. Lord.
Lord bless you, keep you. We will have a special preacher here tonight, brother. Um, huh? Yeah, brother Kendall Ward will be with us. If you've never heard him, he is a uh, he is a good preacher, and he is brother um, Noah Phillips' brother-in-law, and so you will be very happy. I know the Lord will help you if you come tonight. All right, shake hands, be friendly. You are dismissed. Five o'clock youth service, six o'clock evening service. Everyone that can come. <laughs>